We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just let me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome to an all-new episode of Come On Down, the Game Show Podcast. Brought to you by my new home and our green-blue walls. I'd say it's more green than blue. I would say it's more teal than blue. Uh, yeah, sure, I guess. I'd just say, just say more green more green than blue in general, I guess. Right, I almost kind of matches your shirt. A little bit. My shirt's a slightly lighter, I guess. Are we going to have a teal screen situation where we can't see your body because it's blending into the wall? I think we're just going to see my head floating. Yeah. Which is honestly a goal of mine is just to be a head floating. Disembodied head? Yeah. Right. Like, like some sort of a Scooby-Doo cartoon? Yeah. Or like, remember that uh, guy in the Ninja Turtles um, who was just Shredder? like... Shredder? No. I do, uh, do like Shredder. I think Krang... He was just like a brain inside of a chest cavity. Yes. I kind of just want to be that. Yeah, right. Or similar to MODOK. MODOK, now on Hulu. Check it out with your subscription. Sign up for a seven-day free trial at Hulu.com. Is that our sponsor? It could be. I wish. Think about if our first real sponsor was Hulu. Hulu? a disney company remember when hulu was free and you got addicted to it and then they were like psych it costs money now uh yeah but it was uh there was all sorts of ads then i guess even now with something ads, about, against ads we have ads on our show we have aids oh ads 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 uh yeah in 1969 <laughs> was the premiere of a little game show called Sale of the Century. What a segue that was. That was really good. Yeah. The summer of 69, also known as the, the summer sale of 69. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Um, this show, Sale of the Century, is a show that I've never seen before. How about you? Never seen it because I was busy not existing. Okay. And then even in the <clears throat> 80s revival, when you I was exist. busy just generally surviving, uh, being a, a baby. Yeah. Breastfeeding. Were you, you were breastfeeding other people? Correct. As a baby? Yeah. Because yeah. everybody knows that uh, mammals, upon being born, develop the mammary glands, male or female, okay. to give milk to others. Wow. And animals as well. Oh, you animals. know what's weird? That like, like we drink cow milk. Right. Well, I think it's weird that cows drink female milk. Human milk? Human milk. Do they? I've seen videos on the internet of it <laughs> okay. happening. Yeah, well, then I don't know what more proof we need. Exactly. Uh, Sale of the Century, stylized uh, with a dollar sign as an S. Oh, it wasn't a cent for the C? Uh, no. Okay. Lame. Or like the European double line through the C? Euro? Oh, yeah. No. This is America. So get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Fill the wall. Um, so it premiered on NBC in 1969, uh, aired there through 1973. It was hosted by an actor 
by the name of Jack Kelly. Strong name. That's a 60s Jack name for Kelly. sure. He sounds like an Irish mobster a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jack Kelly's crew. Um, I don't know. I had to do a Boston accent for it because, I mean, where's an, Close where's enough. an Irish mobster going to be otherwise? But uh, Jack Kelly, he was an actor. He was uh, most famously known for this for being on the television show Maverick. Okay. Um, that was a Western but it, he wasn't a Western person. Like, he... He didn't come from the West. He didn't come from the... I mean, he came from the West in the fact that he was uh, a Caucasian. Like, you know, the East, where they practice Eastern medicine and Eastern arts. Right. He wasn't from there. Okay. He was from the West. He wasn't from the Western United States, though. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Jack Kelly was on Maverick. Maverick was a Western TV show. Starring James Garner, um, dead. It's the thing I know most about James Garner. You know James Garner from uh, The Notebook, for example? The old guy? Oh. Also, uh, the guy who goes, this is Oklahoma football, at the beginning of all the OU games. Was this the same guy that was the old man in The Notebook? Right, yeah, that's what I said. He was the old man. Yeah. That was not Ryan Gosling. No, it wasn't. I know that can be confusing. I mean, I thought makeup effects were to the point where we could just put an old... Not in 2003. ...wrinkle. Not then. 2005, they could have done it. <laughs> a two-year um, difference. So James Garner, was the st- he played a Maverick. Uh, I, th- I don't know. His name was like Bo Maverick or something like that. I don't know. And... Uh, there, there were eight episodes of this show, and then they introduced Jack Kelly as playing his brother. And then they did a really weird thing where just every other episode would have one of them in it. <laughs> and they'd each be doing their own little Western things, but each alternating episode focused on one of them. So that was weird. But so that- the. Were they were there two different storylines? Yeah. Well, I I think it was mostly um, not. What's the opposite of serial? Like limited? No, like uh, where each episode is kind of self-contained. Porridge. Porridge. Oh, I get. Yeah, bad joke. <laughs> um, you know, like Law and Order is procedural. Okay, that's the word I'm thinking of. Where there's a. A western, a case of the day, a western bad guy of the day. Ooh, and uh, they just alternated episodes, and every once in a while there would be a episode with both of them, and it's like, whoa, holy shit! And that was a special. That episode. was very special. And then after a couple years, uh, James Garner uh, went away, and then got replaced. To the grave? No. Okay. Well, I mean, he's dead now. Eventually, as we clarified earlier. Yeah. Um, but they they brought in some other like cousins and shit like that to do again more alternate episodes with because it was a weird show where they did that um but jack kelly hosted from 1969 to 71 and then he decided you know what i'm not done with acting yet i like this hosting thing but i'm not done with acting yet i'm gonna go back to acting i'm gonna leave this show and then according to imdb he never did anything of significant note um he appeared in several one-off episodes of television series after this okay um, he appeared in 11 episodes of 
another TV show at one point in time. Zero movies. That was it. He left the show to be a fucking one-off guest star, the dead body on Law and Order, basically. Well, you already have a platform with your game show. Just start doing Shakespearean soliloquies as the introductions to the game show. You know what? That's a good idea. You've got a built-in audience. Just start doing acting. To be or not to be? That is the question. Mm -hmm. Whether tis nobler... I don't know the rest of the words after. I think that was right. Whether tis nobler to be or Uh, not to be. Suffer the slings and arrows, something. You guys get it. Doth has got to be in there somewhere, right? I'm sure. Uh, Any other... Denmark words we can think of. <laughs> that, was where, that was where Hamlet's from, right? Um, so he was replaced by a guy named uh, Joe Garagiola. And Joe Garagiola... That is a gangster name, for sure. He, he was in the Joe Garagiola, Mafia. He was a catcher. For the Mafia? For the St. Louis Cardinals. Basically the Mafia. 1946 World Series. Uh, he was, yeah, he was like a, he was a former baseball player, a catcher, Joe Garagiola, who uh, transitioned into TV. He was a co-host of the Today Show. Kind of went the Michael Strahan route, but not being as good at his sport as Michael, Michael Strahan. Strahan. Um, so he separated his two front teeth? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then, uh, no, well, he did an April Fool's joke where he separated his two front teeth. Uh, because everybody really liked his straight teeth. It was kind of his signature thing. Like, oh, Joe Garagiola, he's got straight teeth. That's yeah. Everybody knew him as the guy with straight teeth. Right. And so he did an April Fool's joke where he uh, got a gap um, to to be more like everybody else who had a gap in their teeth. But it was just an April Fool's. Um, so he hosted it after that. The way the show worked was um, it kind of reminded me of a little bit of... Like we talked about how originally or at some point on i think wheel of fortune there was like a shopping segment yeah in in the middle of it um it's kind it kind of reminds me of that kind of combined with with let's make a deal Mm -hmm. a little bit a lot of let's make a deal uh dna flowing through this show yeah for sure um and and the way it worked was everybody started with a dollar like 20 or 25 dollars all of the americans of, yes, U.S. dollars, not the C with the two lines through it. No. Thing. And there were trivia questions that were asked. You could buzz in. If you got the question correct, you got five bucks added to your total. Snooze fest. If, if you missed it, you lost five dollars from your total. Now we're talking. And nobody else got a chance to answer it. It was just the question was eliminated at that point. Um. Yeah, five dollars seems like a fairly insignificant dollar amount but to be winning wait there's more but the catch is things don't cost as much on sale of the century because they're on sale you might say of the century of the century so at three points throughout the show in this original version um at three kind of random points throughout the show there was a shopping round and what would happen um, again, in the, in the 69 through 73 version on NBC that was syndicated for another year through 74, they, there would be a shopping round and they would say on sale right now for $5, 
is, and then there would be a curtain that would reveal a prize. A pretty dope prize, um, usually. Usually worth more than $5. Usually worth more than $100. Yeah. And the contestants could choose by hitting their buzzer that I want this thing and I'm willing to pay $5 for it. Going once, going twice. As old. So if you said, uh, yes, I want to do this, you would lose your $5 or whatever it cost in order to obtain the prize. So you probably, you, you, if you're in the lead, you might lose the lead. Uh, you might fall further back from the leader, mm-hmm. etc. But you're guaranteed to now take home a Nordic track or something. I mean, I saw some pre. I saw a cool stereo system that looked like something I would want nowadays yeah. from yeah. Denmark. I know, I know the exact episode that you watched. Did you ever see anybody not take the prize? Uh, yeah, sometimes they would. So, so in the original version, the sixty-nine to seventy-four, any of the three contestants could buzz in and take the prize and the first person who buzzed in mm. got it in the revival that aired from 83 to 89 only the Winner. leading scorer at yeah. the time could decide whether they wanted to take the deal or not none neither of the other people could take it so in the first one people were like tripping over each other to buzz in in the 80s version it was not you hate me yawn. I'm sorry. It's I'm not so much. uncommon for uh, for people to to turn it down if you know they didn't necessarily want the prize. The episode that I'm sure you watched, the there was one woman in the lead all three times. Yes, went to this and she took all three prizes and left with like f- over five thousand dollars. Yeah. in prizes and we're she talking, didn't even win. <laughs> we're talking five thousand eighties dollars. That's like you. Jeff Bezos, basically. Well, I don't know. Maybe 1880s would be Jeff Bezos. Um, you think Jeff Bezos had more than $5,000 in the 80s? Doubt it. <laughs> Still in debt. Still he, in debt, baby. He was born in 1964, Jeff Bezos. So he was only like 20. If you could go back in time yes, and I would. see Jeff Bezos, what would you say to him? The only person you could see was Jeff Bezos. What do you do and what do you say? When? In 1986. Um, I so keep in mind you are not born yet. Okay, so here's what I would do. You have to direct. So you're inside your mom, and you can tug on her intestines, and it makes her like move. Like, but then I'm not traveling back in time. I'm just like. So you're given the knowledge of. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Given the knowledge. I mean, now from today you would have to be traveling back in time. You would still be. But I would still be a fetus. Yes. But you could direct your mom like a puppet inside with her intestines. Okay. So what I would do was I would I would puppet my mom <laughs> to tell Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Like, um First of all, you should puppet your mom to divorce your dad and then do a sort of okay, a honeypot situation and get Jeff Bezos in love with your mom. Uh, so so that's one possibility. Um my other thought is to tell Jeff Bezos about 9-11 or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, to see if he had any better ideas for how to do terrorism. Better ideas than right, only, 9-11. Well, they only got like 3,000 people. It's one of the most successful that. 
terrorist attacks in America. Wow, so you 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 think nine eleven was a success? Is what you're saying? You think it was a great job? Great job, terrorists! In the eyes of a terrorist, it was very successful. In your eyes, is what you mean? I'm not a terrorist. Okay, so we're so far away from each other now. I know. I can't even touch you. But I can definitely see your eyes better. I guess. Yeah, your we're dark, across, we're across dark from each other. black we're doing, eyes. We're doing like a, a crosstalk thing. <laughs> um, I would I would tell Jeff Bezos like. Like about nine eleven or something like that, uh-huh. and um, I would tell him that he should start an online bookstore, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. then I would tell him, uh, you know, in two thousand nine, there's going to be a college graduate uh, named John Baker who, mm-hmm. who's really good and smart, and you should like hire him to a very high up executive role. Okay, and so I think after. He starts an online bookstore and it becomes very successful. And then 9-11 happens. He'll know like, oh, I should probably do this thing because that's going to lead me to the most success possible. So you just need a important date to tell him to show that you have some sort of knowledge of the omniscient future. Yeah. knowledge. And you chose 9-11. I couldn't remember anything else. I said. Not like Obama. That's not that significant. Well, I guess also you have to tell him something that's way in the past so he knows it before. Yeah, I guess Amazon already existed before 9-11. So maybe I would tell him about um, that time that Dan Quayle spelled potato wrong. And then everybody was like, not my president. Not my vice president, I not guess. Not my vice president. Um, yeah, you know, that's the most significant thing before 9-11 was when Dan Quayle spelled potato incorrectly. Right. Yeah. So I would probably go with that. Okay. Or uh, I would tell him about Michael Jordan's dad getting murdered in a car. Sure. In a parking lot. Or maybe Y2K is not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, don't worry. Don't stress. So why were we talking about time? I don't now? know, but good luck segmenting back into sale uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the century. Speaking of bookstores. T- yeah. The show came back in 1983. <clears throat> Why do I not have a voice anymore? The show returned in 1980. Oh, so let me tell you a little bit about it. The in between 1974 and 1983. Sure. Of Sale of the Century. There's an Australian guy. Mm-hmm. Good day. Good day, mate. Uh, and his name was Reg Grundy, which just sounds like a real Australian name. Reg Grundy. Um, Reg Grundy. Grundy. Crocodile Grundy. <laughs> Exactly. So Reg Grundy, he he liked this show. So he, after NBC canceled it, he purchased the rights to Sale of the Century. Okay. And then he, in 1980, he made an Australian version of Sale of the Century. He changed up a couple things. In the original version on NBC from 69 to 73, after, so the end of the show, the winner would go to like a bonus round where... There were like five questions for $20 each. So they can get up to $100. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the show, there was the final sale where you would be offered a prize. For your soul. For, no, I think that was a different show. Oh, okay. Um, but we'll do an episode on that. Okay. Uh, where you were offered a prize for the amount that you won on the show. And so if you, if you won $100, it would, the sale of the century would be uh, for $100 you could get this Motorola cellular phone in a briefcase. 
right with two chicks in a gold bikini those come with showing it off those come with the prize better and the you know for a value of three thousand dollars yours for just one hundred dollars so you could take that deal or they would show you other prizes Mm. that would say for two hundred dollars you can get this trip to the swiss alps or for five hundred dollars you can get this harley davidson motorcycle or for seven hundred dollars you can get this mercedes dang a great sale but the catch was you either had to take the motorola cellular phone in a briefcase for your one hundred dollars that you had right now Mm -hmm. or you take nothing and say i'm gonna come back and play again tomorrow and hope to win again to get your dollar amount up to afford one of these better prizes no. when you win again. No. I tend to actually agree with you on this one. And I'm, you know, uh, we had a big fist fight over Cash Cab where yeah. you were a little pussy about nope. not going for the double or nothing. Nope. On this one, like, it seems like a good amount to win in an episode is about $100. And especially if you've locked in some prizes along the way. Right. And winning about $100, you'd have to win six times, seven times in a row just to get to that top prize. The odds of it are incredibly unlikely. But your philosophy of go big or go home has now been crushed to the ground because you are now saying that... Only when you... I'm just saying... Go home is now the best thing to do? I'm saying look at the odds. You're saying that your philosophy on life is on a situational basis so is it truly a philosophy if you are not following it 100 percent of the time so you think that my philosophy is always say no to everything and hold out for something better yes i don't think that's my philosophy well it kind of sounds like go big or go home is so here's the thing cash cab is what you hang your belt cash cab i go big or go home i either get double my money or I get $0 and a free cab ride, which I was uh, not expecting to get a free cab ride in the first place. Mm-hmm. Also keep in mind that if you... 50-50. I get it right or wrong. 50-50. On this show, I can get one prize or come back mm-hmm. for probably five or six more episodes. And I only have a one-third chance of winning each of those. Right. So... I don't know, what's one-third times itself five times? So, it's not really a philosophy. If It's like one three-hundredth chance or something. It's not really a philosophy. If you're not following it 100% of the you're time. You're right, it's not a philosophy then. I never said it was a philosophy. philosophy. I just said you're a pussy. So, you want to go home. Right now? Yeah, I'm kind of sick of dealing with you. <laughs> That's so unfortunate. So, so that's the way the show works. So, so Reg, our boy Reg, it's probably short for Reginald, Grundy. I'm going to assume. Reg Grundy, he bought the show in 1980. He made a couple changes in Australia because, you know, everything's upside down there. So he, first of all, eliminated the bonus round at the end. Now just whoever has the most bucks wins. And that's it. You go to the final sale at that point. But also introduced the fame game. Flame game? Fame game. Okay. 
in the fame game, it's basically everybody is playing. They start listing facts about a celebrity. And you buzz in when you think you know who this celebrity is. And if you get if you are the first to buzz in and you are correct, you there was like nine faces of celebrities on the board. You chose one and then there was a prize behind it. And you got that. So it might be five dollars, which would just be the same as answering a regular question. Mm-hmm. But it might also be twenty-five dollars which is the same as answering five regular questions. So that's a big uh, a big old leg up for wow. you there in terms of catching up and moving ahead in this game. Um, and they also introduced a 60-second speed round at the end, at the end of the game, where it was just a, you might call it a lightning round, if we did it on this show. Yep. Where there were 60 seconds and they just rapid-fired questions and people were buzzing in as fast as they could. Uh, no interruptions. Uh, try to build up that cache and see who wins. Whoa. So those were kind of the changes uh, instituted there. And then the instant bargains now were only for the leader instead of it being kind of a, an open auction, I guess, basically. Sort of a, uh, a chaotic um, grab. Uh, yes. No longer a chaotic grab. Okay. Now more of a controlled going once, going twice. You're the only person deciding whether to do it or not. <laughs> Just a yes or no would yes be great. Yeah, exactly. So, and then what Reg Grundy did was he took it, this show with his little changes. Mm-hmm. And he went to NBC back in the US. And he was like, hey, I've got this great game show format. Do you guys want to buy the rights to do it in the US? Mm-hmm. And they fucking did. So he swindled them. He did the sale of the century. Wow. He bought the rights to this game show, changed up a couple little things, and then just sold it back to him. Wow. The same show that they made up. I feel like that is just sales in general. Just repackaging something and selling it to somebody who doesn't realize it's been repackaged. Is that your philosophy on life? That's your philosophy? Absolutely. That's your big philosophy. I constantly am repackaging things that I buy at Best Buy Cheerios. and then taking it back and saying, would you like to buy this? And they're like, no, this is our product. No, that, doesn't, to that you. doesn't work very often. And I say, but it's my philosophy. And they, and they think... <laughs> they have to go for it at that yeah. point once they learn that it's your philosophy. Mm-hmm. So in 1983, this came back on the air on NBC, hosted by Jim Perry... Who we previously knew from Card Sharks. Ooh. He was was the Card Sharks host. He did a great job there. Did a pretty solid job here on Sale of the Century. Dollar sign Ale of the Century. And they just adopted the the Australian changes, basically. And and it was the same show. And they made everybody learn an Australian accent. And everybody all of the contestants had a good eye. Everybody had to start each sentence with good day. Good day. If it was kind of like a Jeopardy rule type thing, you have to answer in the form of a good day. Yeah. <laughs> good day, mate. Uh, good day. Um, John Voigt. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Oh, those are the only two actors I know. Yeah, I same. I don't from that I, period. Yeah. John Wayne. Gene Hackman. Good one, right? 
Angelina Jolie's father, John, John Boyd. I already said that, yeah. <laughs> so that was Sale of the Century. I mean, it, it went off the air in 89 in the US. It went continued until 2009 in Australia. The entire time. Never stopped. Australia is the opposite of Europe in that they drag things out until... It's, it's not just six episodes ever. Nobody's and walking, done. watching anymore. Yeah. So, so it, it... And it I believe it had uh, a couple of years ago in Australia another attempted revival with a different name. Uh, oh, and when it got to 2000, they changed it to Sale of the New Century. <laughs> I, and, and I thought they thought that would be... I think they thought that would be really clever. Yeah. And I don't think people Can you think of a better name though? Um No, I guess I can't. I guess they won. They were right. Sale of the Millennium. Yeah. Sale of the Willennium, and it's hosted by Will Smith. <laughs> In Australia? <laughs> I'm going to Australia. Welcome to Australia. Party in the country where the he is on. Well, where's where they the don't Viva... have COVID because they're on an island. Viva la Mex... What do they say? What? Viva la Havana. What do they say? Oh, in... Bienvenido a Miami. Okay. Say. Well, how do you say that in Australia? Good day to Australia. Good day to Australia. <laughs> yeah. You're welcoming... You're saying good morning to the country? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good day to Australia. Put shrimp on the bobby. Kind of lost think? the accent at the end there, but yeah. I, the words... I, it's hard to sing and uh, do an Australian <laughs> accent. Because even Australian people don't sing with an Australian accent. Ameri- or, and British people, too. They sing with an American accent. Why? Is that your philosophy? It's not a philosophy. That's a fact. Both start with PH. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, think about Adele, you know. Adele doesn't sound British. Just in general, think about her? Yeah, I I think about her a lot. (laughs) I think about how she got skinny shamed a lot. Because she lost weight? Yeah, Mm -hmm. she lost weight and she like posted a picture on Instagram about how she was like proud of her weight loss. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of fat people um, who are generally bitter because they're fat, um, they got really mad. How dare she be proud to lose weight? Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing wrong. With being fat, aside from all the health complications, um, the shorter expected lifespan, the mental uh, health, the the mental health problems, the uh, bigger drain on our resources as a society. Um, aside from that, though, nothing. Pretty cool to be fat. <laughs> as somebody who's gotten very uh, fatter than I've ever been uh, over the last year. <laughs> It's not that cool. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to stop. It's not that awesome. I'm trying to stop. Because at this point, your body's just like, good luck getting rid of this. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm going to start running. And they're like, good luck with your knees. Yeah. No, and you're like, you're well, dead. okay, I'm going to just start eating better. And then, you know, it's like, good luck not ordering a cheeseburger. No. And yeah. this person next to you that keeps saying good luck to you, you're like, leave me alone. It's Adele is the weird part. <laughs> Trust me, trust me, you don't want to get skinnier. And be she goes, thank star. you. Thank you. Um but yeah. how does she sing thank you? Thank you for being a friend. And then she goes, Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Good day. It's me. 
<laughs> That's the Australian. I thought it was good day to Australia. Song. It's me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so Reg Grundy really really crushed it there. That the the real sale of the century mm-hmm. was Reg Grundy's work. You know how in Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Leo says, "Sell me this pen." Mm-hmm. Well, that's Reg Grundy, but he just pulls he did, out a TV it. and he puts it down and plugs it in and starts a tape of his uh, show and he goes, sell me this show. And, you know, they can't because he's already sold his own show. <laughs> he already bought it from them and sold it back and to resold, them. Yeah. And then he bought it back from them for another lower price. Right. And uh, then he pushes cocaine into his wife's butthole. Wow. Happened in the movie. Can't okay. make that up. That's true. So yeah, the way uh, the way it worked was like normally the rights to a TV show sell for like three million dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for him, it was actually just ten dollars on the <laughs> sale of the century. He for... sale of the centuryed himself. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that so that meeting that negotiation was uh, good day, mate. I have. <laughs> Uh-huh. made this amazing show he showed up in a budgie smuggler are you familiar with that term a budgie smuggler a budgie smuggler i'm assuming that is something very normal but it has a very strange name in australia was it a bow tie um you're close in in general a bolo. i would say no uh it's not a neck a noose it's not a neck nope <laughs> uh so well i'll tell you that a budgie is a type of bird and then you, you're smuggling the bird into somewhere right so what do you think a budgie smuggler is I'm assuming it's a deep pocket. No, it's uh, a speedo. Yeah, I was gonna say something like that. Yeah, it's a speedo. They call it a budgie smuggler, and that's just like, and that's not like a funny like mm-hmm. haha term that people. This is just literally what they yeah call it. It's like how they say Vegemite, and if you were to translate that, it would just be dog food. Whoa, that is a hot sports opinion there. I mean, look, I've seen people try it for the first time, and I've seen their faces, and I make my own judgments. So you've not tried it. Why would I try dog food? Because it's not. It's like some vegetable paste. Sounds like what you feed a dog. Okay, fair enough. I fed my dog some uh, brisket last night. He liked it. I haven't fed Bo any human food. Really? I'm going to do it for as long as I can. Why? Because you don't love him that much? I just don't want to deal with dog diarrhea. Yeah, there was there was something Erica gave Boomer one time that... Uh, and I don't know for sure if that's the reason that he had massive diarrhea for the entire I next day. I better know what it was. What? Vegemite. It was... Holy shit. How did you... How did you know? So Vegemite in my brain is dog food that gives your dog diarrhea. <laughs> so it's bad. It's not even good for your dog. So dog it's like food. Epicac, but for your butt. Epicac? Yeah, that's stuff that you take that makes you throw up immediately. I'm not familiar with that. I guess I'm not bulimic like you. Well, maybe I can show you some things to help you lose that weight. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're not promoting eating disorders because that's unhealthy. Just to be clear. Yeah. Because I, wa- I wanted to be clear that if I'm saying that being overweight or obese is unhealthy, there's being the opposite underweight side. is also unhealthy. There's an opposite side I'm of the not, spectrum. I'm not being um, Pre- biased, prejudiced, that's the word, against one side or the other. I just want everybody to be healthy and happy. Right. Except for like Bin Laden. You don't want him to be healthy? No. I want him to be dead. And that's your philosophy? Yeah. My, my philosophy around- is I want... 
Bin Laden to be dead. And I don't care how controversial of an opinion that is. I just want him to be dead. And I feel bad for whatever, like, mannequin Obama threw over a ship into the ocean so that he could get reelected and tell people that he killed Bin Laden. Mm -hmm. But I know Bin Laden is out there on a Peloton somewhere, healthy as fuck. Just cycling away. Just cycling. He's probably he was probably the first person to get the COVID vaccine. He's healthy. He made it. He invent COVID he, or the vaccine? Both. Wow. And he sold it. See, he the, sold that, the vaccine to that's America. That's the play right there. I wouldn't listen, the way the way these fucking big pharma works, I wouldn't be surprised if COVID was invented by Johnson and Johnson themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Todd Johnson and Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson and Todd Johnson. Former quarterback in the NFL. I don't see any proof that that didn't happen. And that means that it probably did. Based on what I've learned on the internet, that's how the no burden of proof works. proof equals causation. Like the, uh, like the whole um, UFO thing that's mm-hmm. been going on recently? Yeah. Or UAPs is what we say now. Did you know that? I did not know that. Unidentified aerial phenomena. So they changed it from flying object to phenomena? Yeah. Well, I think the the government, uh, in all their wisdom, has... What is this? Oh, we've got a book here called UFOs and the National Security State, Chronology of a Cover-Up, 1941 to 1973. So this is a thick book that you've read. It's because there's a lot of aliens. Of, a lot of aliens. Well, let me see. Um, yeah, but that's all you need to read to understand <laughs> okay, yeah. that, that, that clarifies it. So, so a couple weeks ago, what page number is that that you're on right now? Two. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? <laughs> so you read the foreword and the first page. Well, hold on. It says sources and documentation. I felt that that was an important thing to read. Right. Possible dimensions of the UFO problem. Possible dementia. Okay. Scientific questions. I mean, these are all. This is all a very important forward. Okay. That I'm not sure if I read that part. <laughs> uh, I think I skipped to page one. Actually, I thought the forward was a waste of time. <laughs> and then after a page, I pretty much had the gist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had it figured out. The problem UFO. of UFOs. I mean, there's some. This is. They're a good, among us. Yeah. So yeah, the like it's like the UFO thing recently where everybody. The government released some uh, classified video, I guess, from some pilots. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, here are some unidentified aerial, aerial phenomena, phenomena that we've experienced. Is it phenomena <clears throat> or menomena? Phenomena. <laughs> okay. And... People kind of ran with that and were like, the government said they're here. The UFOs are here. The aliens are here. Mm-hmm. Um, when again, really all that means is they saw something and they were like, huh, what's that? That's what it means. And people people are like, um, um, well, if this trained pilot... Saw something going 550,000 miles per hour. (laughs) Why wouldn't you believe him? And it's like the answer can never for some reason be like, yeah, he saw that 
wrong or he thought he saw something that he didn't like, you know, things that all of us experience all the time. Mm -hmm. For some reason, if you're a trained pilot or something, you can't like misunderstand or misinterpret something that you're seeing. It must mean that somehow aliens come to Earth just to fuck with us by flying around in weird patterns and then go away. Yeah, it's called psychological warfare. <laughs> and we do it as well. <laughs> Shit, it's working very well. This is like when you uh, play <clears throat> Mariah Murder. Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You on repeat in like a terrorist's uh, prison cell on Guantanamo. Oh, I was going to say like in a crate and barrel. Oh. That and that makes you want to buy warfare. stuff to get out quicker. That's Yeah, that's the... that's the they, they invented psychological warfare. Because they also lock the doors and don't let you leave until you have purchased something. But it's the sale of the century. It is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to Crate and Barrel. You can get this couch, normal retail value $7,400, today only for $7,395. And guess what? What? I'm going for it. Obviously. I'm buzzing in for that. You obviously have to. I have 50 in my bank, and I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll, <laughs> we'll figure, figure it out. It out. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. Oh, and also I didn't mention on the sale of the century, the the runners-up, mm-hmm. they get to take home their dollar amount. So like $40? Yep. <laughs> that's what you get. But in today's cash... 60 At least. <laughs> at least. They would be... Uh, you put $40 in Amazon stock in 1980... And They're going to ask you, what's the rainforest? Stock? <laughs> you, you can't invest in the rainforest. You go into the rainforest and there's just a whole bunch of dollar bills stapled if, to trees. If you put $40 in Amazon stock in 1980, what you get is some undiscovered tribe's hut. And they're still undiscovered. <laughs> so you just have to trust. It's like buying a star. You just have to trust it's there and it's yours. But you uh-huh. don't have anything physical to show for it. Right. And it means nothing. Because... Well, it means a beautiful gesture that some people do for their loved ones. But here's the thing. Here's here's my question. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck do we think we are... Yeah. ...that we can just buy stars? We can buy the name... We can, we can name a star. Why don't we consult with everybody else in the universe first? Why do we have this Earth-centric point of view that mm-hmm. oh us here on earth we get to name all the star this star that's a billion light years away that probably has some aliens living next to it we get to name it yes and i'll tell you why and this answer is a little scary uh we are the only life form available that is existing at this point there is nobody else it is a dark void outside of the earth's atmosphere and so this is just a way to pass time until you know, the light, the sun burns out and mm. everything dies on Earth. Wow. And then Mars gets populated and they're like, oh, what's that crazy rock? Oh, let's fly a spaceship to that. Oh, man. What is this, um, you know, a Pokemon card? Let's figure out what this means. This was probably a form of currency for this uh, society. Wow. So who are the people on Mars? That's the next people in line to, uh, to flourish. Right, so mo- life just starts on Mars? It just starts happening? That's what happened on Earth. Okay. You know? I think there are multiple uh, life forms, but I don't think that our timelines intersect. So you think that 
in the vast universe out there right now, mm-hmm. like aliens have existed, but they just don't right now. Right. Or they will exist after us. But why? What if we're the first aliens? It's like Highlander. There can only be one. <laughs> At a time. Yeah. Wait your turn <laughs> for existence. And it's like, hey, can I exist right now? Hold on. Hold on. There's some people a fucking 500 billion light years away that are busy existing right now in yeah. their little corner uh-huh. of this vast infinite universe. Sure. So let's just wait for them to do their thing. Yeah. You know how there's... Well, a- actually what it is is, can I exist yet? And they say, how many hot chicks are with you? And you say 12 and they're like, come on in. Oh, so it's like a bouncer at a nightclub. It's club. a VIP situation. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Do you know how there was the Big Bang? Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. The liberal media would have you believe. Right. Do you think like uptight Christians <laughs> call it something different? Because <laughs> they don't say bang. <laughs> yeah. the, the big boom. The big love make. The, bi- <laughs> <laughs> the big whoopee. The love make. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. You're saying. So is there an opposite of that? Of what? So they say... Oh, Big Bang? Yeah. They say, like, so there's a Big Bang. It's a big And suck. now... Yeah. So now the universe is constantly expanding mm-hmm. at, you know, a rapid rate of speed. Everything is flying further and further out. Is there, like... Are we going to get to a point where we're like, all right, we've hit the end and flip, we all suck back in? And will we know when that's happening? Yes. When we hit the end... We will get out of our boat. We will walk up the stairs. So it's the Truman Show? We will take a bow. Uh-huh. The Truman Show? And then we will open the door. Truman Show. Got which it. is just right there. Right. And you leave. And then, yes, when you close the door, the big good suck Good afternoon, happens. good evening, and good night. And good night. It's good day, good day, <laughs> good day. Good day. <laughs> oh, Reg. <laughs> the Reg Show. <laughs> I'd watch it. Did you ever hear about how the Truman Show was much, much darker than what it was? Um, in what sense? Uh, like there's a rape. What? Truman is not in the actual like first rendition of the script. Uh-huh. Truman is not a fun-loving, um, uh, person. He's a. It's like it's more of a icky reality show than it is so like you're you're watching like um the sopranos instead how it's just like it's just a bad human bad people like yes. truman is a bad person right human well, nature, he's just actual he's, human nature took over and instead of him turning out to be a lovable affable guy right like 10 percent of people he turned out like the other 90 percent. he's a complicated human not a goofy you know high spirited raped yeah, I think so. I think there's a, a sex scene, but it's not, it's it, a graphic and not consensual situation. So, but speaking of that, so Laura Linney, mm-hmm. she plays uh, Truman's wife. Yes. On the show or on the movie, mm-hmm. but on the show. But on the show also. But on the show also. So, like, she was hired to go and fuck this guy for. Right. Presumably eternity. Correct. As, like, there's a lot. There's a lot of moral implications to that movie that are kind of not explored that right. deeply. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think? I think it turned out much better. 
Right. But like, do you think she liked the sex? I don't know. Also, if everything is broadcast, I feel like they didn't ever really clarify some aspects of everything. Like what? Like the sex or shower time or things like that. So you just wanted to watch a porn? No. Okay. I want to watch real life. Is real life a be porn? Careful is porn what, real life? Be careful what you ask for. Real life is mundane. Entertainment wouldn't be entertainment. It would be you're just watching somebody wipe incorrectly and you're like, no, you... But then isn't that the whole... Doesn't, doesn't that remove the whole idea? Like the whole point is you're watching a real life happen. And once things start getting introduced that are not real, that manipulate that reality, mm -hmm. then why aren't you just watching Days of Our Lives? <laughs> I, I don't have an answer for you. Because they're called soap operas because they used they to scrub your brain. Uh, be sponsored by like cleaning products for women. That's why they're called soap operas. Good day. Fascinating. <laughs> it all comes full circle. It does. All you have to do is say good day after anything, <laughs> and, and, and then it's right full circle. To the that's sale of the that's how it works. Yeah. So one of the favorite things that happened to me in my research on the sale of the century mm -hmm. was um, so it it aired uh, the the original run the sixty nine to seventy three. Three and seventy four syndicated run. They basically don't exist anymore. Apparently, I think there's like eighteen episodes in like the UCLA Film Library. Okay, uh, but but they're not freely available to anyone. You can't find you can't even find clips of them on YouTube or anything like that. You can find mm -hmm. some audio recordings of the episodes, but not the video. The eighty three to eighty nine Jim Perry version basically all exists. I think most of the reruns are from the, I think, 84 to 86 or so. They did a syndicated run of that. I think most of the reruns that have aired on TV are from that. Uh, but the Game Show Network, I think, in the 2000s started airing some of the NBC episodes as well. And now Buzzer owns the rights to it. So it airs on the Buzzer Network. B-U-Z-Z-R. Uh, B-U-Z-Z-R. Or you can find it on, uh, you know, YouTube. And so I was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Watching an episode, and sometimes you're on YouTube, you like to scroll through the comments, uh -oh. seeing what people say. The underbelly of the internet. Yeah. Well, I kind of wanted to see, like, did this guy who won and decided to come back go on to later win one of the bigger prizes? Is that why this episode is on YouTube? I'm not sure. Yeah. Scrolling through. When I got to a comment that I think really spoke to me, mm -hmm. I'm going to read it to you in full. Okay. Uh as a direct quote is it an accidental amazon review placed in the comment section of this <laughs> basically bezos again um it said when my parents were in the process of divorcing i watched this at my mom's friend's house mom's friend's house you know what i didn't even think of it that deeply i just thought those that's a sentence thank you for putting that out on the internet for the rest of us when my parents were in the process of getting divorced, I watched this show at my mom's friend's house. That is the entire comment. That is the entire comment. That is the full context of that. Is that one time this guy's parents were getting divorced 
and they watched an episode of this show at their mom's friend's house. And oddly, when they left their mom's friend's house, their mom had $400 more than when they arrived at their mom's friend's house. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> they went in the back to talk about something for uh-huh. about 45 minutes. Right. And then his mom came out and her eyes were red and sh- she had, uh, you know, a crack pipe. What? In her hand. <laughs> wow. That was a good improv there. <laughs> Solid. Hey, what's that in your hand, friend? Cracks pipe? Crack. It was a crack pipe. Yeah, I don't know. Something about that comment just really made me laugh. That's really, really sad. Right, that's why I laughed. Yeah, it's so... To to stop myself from crying. So dark. Like that time that um, that kid with Down syndrome made all the three-pointers for that high school basketball team. Unbelievable. I think that's the most emotional I've ever gotten. He didn't really look like he had that much Down syndrome. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) He had knock it down syndrome from the three point line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I know what you're saying. Hold on, I got a um, email I need to focus on. It's from Myrtle A. Vinson, and that? it says, "Can we meet in 20 minutes?" Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Plus sign. Is there? Is that the subject? No line? subject. No, there's no subject. Line. No subject. And it just says that. Mm-hmm. Myrtle. A. Vinson. <laughs> Where? I don't know. Should you reply? Yeah, I did. What'd you say? Come get some, baby. <laughs> wow. I think you should clarify where. <laughs> because... She didn't clarify where, so why? I'm going to be sneaky, too. Why are you gendering them? Myrtle? Myrtle? Anybody could be a myrtle. Could be a turtle. <laughs> could be a beach. Exactly. Wow. I didn't think about that. So, do you have any ideas about making Sale of the Century a better show? Aside from a- adding UFOs or UAPs to it. I do have a joke that I wrote. Can I do that? I guess. Sure. So, they gave away a $35,000 Cadillac yeah. in 1985. Uh-huh. Or, I don't know if they gave it away, but it was a prize. It was, yeah, it was the ultimate prize that for like $700. That is equal to $86,000 today. Wow. Do you know... I'm going to tell you some cars that are worth $86,000 today. Okay. 2021 Porsche Panamera. Okay. 2021 Audi A8. Wow. And a 2020 McLaren GT. Ooh. Without its tires or engine. Because that's a $270,000 car. Oh. So that's the joke? Mm Mm-hmm. You should work on that more. No, I think it's in its final form. (laughs) (laughs) So just the body of (laughs) a mclaren you can buy make it betters um bigger bushier hair bushier bigger bushier bushier hair for female models you're struggling here i want to hear the ad lib the models are saying when displaying a prize i want them to be miked okay when he's talking on his giant briefcase phone Uh uh-huh uh and i think we should bring back the portable briefcase phone that is a good point (laughs) <laughs> that that is a very good point i think uh um, guarantee you gen z would buy that guaranteed they would have a cell phone that they would do their tiktoks on and, and then, then they, they would have, their, have briefcase. their briefcase phone just purely for show was well, like because they not they don't, gen z doesn't make calls anymore right i think um one of the funnier things to me was the uh the female announcer of the 80s version of the show yeah 
she, um, she, you know, she would talk about the, some of the prizes and stuff like that. But also I think my favorite part of it was, you know, introduce the host, Jim Perry, he comes out. And then for some reason, in order to introduce the contestants on the show, she like comes over and stands really close to him at the host podium. And he's like, so who's on the show today? And then she introduces them all while standing right there next to him mm-hmm. and then goes away and we never see her again. And then we get clarification on the random one sentence she read about the contestants. Oh, hold on. Dorf Lauren is calling me right now. Dorf Lauren? D-O-R-F-F Lauren. Pick it up. I can't. Because um, they're going to try and sell me something or something like that. Yeah. And... Right now, I'm in the mood to buy anything that I perceive as a bargain. Yes. Dorf, you're not getting me this time. Yeah. Like the North Texas Food Bank got me with their monthly donation scheme. Yeah, you idiot. How how do you sign up for a monthly donation? Why can't I just donate once? Because they don't want that. They want they're money hungry because they're they're profit lords. God, they are greedy. (laughs) Those the North Texas Food Bank. Somebody needs to put a stop to them. Somebody needs to shut them down. Right. Where's Jeff Bezos when yeah. you need him? Where's the South Texas Food Bank? How come they're not ever <clears throat> taking money? Have you seen the new Bo Burnham special? There's a new Bo Burnham special? On Netflix. No. Called Inside. He's not doing stand-up, is he? Because that's what made him real sad. Um, so it was entirely shot, directed, written, and edited in his home while in quarantine. By Dorf Lauren? By Dorf Lauren himself. Bo Burnham. Okay, interesting. It's very... It's kind of like a descent into madness in some ways. Purposely? Or you see this man break down? A little bit of both. Oh, no. But it's entertaining. Okay. It's mesmerizing, i It's I'd all say. that matters. Nobody cares if this person is breaking on the inside. As long as I'm getting my... Chuckles. Cotton candy for my eyeballs. Hell yeah. Truman Show. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. I want to see somebody struggling through some real shit. I'm going to watch that tonight. I watched it like two weeks ago. Truman Show? Yeah. Man, it's so good. It is It is quite good. Holds up. I wish there was a rape in it. I was but... just about to <laughs> say the that, only Other than that, thing... it holds up. Uh, I think that would have made it a stronger 2021 film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Sale of the Century, I like there there were, because there were some, like, as we mentioned earlier, let's make a deal type elements. Like, sometimes in the instant bargains, they would have, uh, you know, oh, it, it, this prize is uh, costs you $10 um, for an $800 value thing here Mm -hmm. but you know what i'll give it to you for six i'll give it to you for six right now or i'll throw in a couple hundred bucks cash on top of it to really sweeten that pot and get him to take the deal as you mentioned on that episode you were talking about there was one woman who was in the lead for all three of the instant bargains she took all three of them Mm -hmm. she got that stereo system she got a uh trip trip to to new New England. england And uh, something else also that seemed pretty cool. Furniture? I don't know, but it was over $5,000 in prizes. She ended up not winning the game because she spent like $20 (laughs) of her money on all this and she lost by like $7. But the guy who won the game 
he decided to come back next week or next episode. He's yeah. probably going to lose and just walk away with his $70 or whatever. Right. She got over $5,000 in cash and prizes. So who really wins? Who's the real winner? I think we are at home for getting such an entertaining half hour. Yeah. We're the winners. That's true. Thank you. Thank you. Good eye. Thank you. <laughs> I would say that I would give this show a three buzzers out of five. A three buzzers. A three buzzers. Because I think... Where did the two buzzer... Where, what are the reasons it lost two buzzers from you? Um, B-U-Z-Z-E-R. B- two buzz- buzzers. I would say that... It was there's a there's a little, kind of a lot going on in it, which can kind of be overwhelming mm-hmm. for I don't know a normal person. If you think of like the long lasting game shows like Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, it's very straightforward. You know exactly what's happening every episode. Yeah. Whereas this, they kind of throw wrenches in you, uh, all willy nilly. Wrenches in you? At you? I don't know. No, I think it's in you. Throw a wrench in the works, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But, uh... You so know what I, really grinds my gears? Wrenches in, in me. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um, so I think... I think it was... It was a good show. It's entertaining. I like that there's a lot of fun elements to it. There was... Uh, there are a lot of trivia questions asked, which which is always a plus for me. Because mm-hmm. some of them were kind of challenging as well. But I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I I just think for for a general audience, it probably takes a takes a bit of a hit with all the all the complications in it. And like, there's really no like rhyme or reason. Like the instant bargains just happen. Yeah, You're like oh, but we've got an instant bargain now. Well, it's like double jeopardy. Yeah, but you like find that you know that that's you know that there's one of those on the board in the first round, and you know that there's two of those on the board in the second round, and mm-hmm. people are hunting for them. So it's kind of part of the game. Whereas this is like, do you happen to be in the lead randomly when something happens? You get the instant bargain. A idea. bell just happened, and you know what that means. Yeah. What What about you? What What are your thoughts? Well, for the same reason you took away two buzzers, okay, I'm only going to take away one, okay, because I'm not a cold-hearted show choker sure. like you. Right, I've been through a lot, so um, I it's harder for me to feel happiness. Liked that <laughs> the pace was so quick. I very quick thoroughly enjoyed it. What something was constantly happening. Oh yeah, it wasn't too complicated yeah. to feel super overwhelming. It did I'm going up to three point five. It did for the You've first episode. You talked me into three and a half buzzers. I'm not gonna lie, there was a lot going on. Right, it's kind of overwhelming, but it's not complicated, so it only takes an episode or two to get right. on board. And I really enjoyed that there was something constantly happening. The pace was quick. It didn't feel rushed. It just felt engaging. So I'm going to give it four buzzers. All right. Out of five. Yep. That's our scale. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I think pretty solid show. Seek it out if it sounds interesting. If you're into... Only on YouTube. If you're interested in deal making, deal breaking... Look, here's the thing. Budgie smuggling? We're never going to get deals like this that aren't on this show. You're never going to see something that had a retail price of $1,000 marked down to six. <laughs> That's true. So if you want a good deal That's or you need to, you'd need you like to experience if that. If you would like a trip to New England for $15. <laughs> that doesn't include some sort of human trafficking situation. 
Right, which, I mean, that that is the one downside is it doesn't include any human trafficking. Right. But otherwise, the sale of the century is tough to beat. Because it's the sale of the century. Not ever going to beat it. By name. You're not going to get a better sale than this. Or the sale of the new century. Exactly. The millennium. The millennium. Millennium. <laughs> All right. We uh, are done with another episode of Come On Down, the game show podcast, hosted by me, John Baker. And me. An unidentified aeronautical fat. <laughs> You're close. That's so close. <laughs> so close. Uh, we will see you guys next time.